So my general title is Introducing Spiritual Gifts and you will see if you're uh, highly observant that uh, the CD cover, DVD cover follows some of the colors and a little bit of the layout of a well-known series such and such for dummies. In fact I did a mock-up of this Spiritual Gifts for Dummies and handed around to a few people and took it so seriously. Oh, I, I, when's this book coming out? I'd like to buy it. I said, it's not, it's not, it's a joke. Um, but it's a bit like saying, you know, I'm going to give a very basic uh, two-week uh, teaching on spiritual gifts. And I'm not afraid to go back to basics, are you? I think in many, many ways we have not paid enough attention to teaching and preaching on spiritual gifts. Uh, that's for two reasons. One of the things is we're a Pentecostal church, we're a charismatic church, and uh, we kind of assume all of this stuff. Secondly, we believe that it's very important to speak about the fruit of the Spirit. Not just the gifts and manifestations, but Christian character. And sometimes charismatic churches preach too much about the charismatic issues without dealing enough with the with the character issues so but I just thought really we got to stir this up a little bit and this was sparked off in my spirit a little bit earlier on in the year when somebody shared with me they really believe that God was saying 2012 is going to be a tremendous resurgence and uh, 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 an abundance of the manifestation of spiritual gifts and I didn't want you to miss out on that because spiritual gifts are for everybody Spiritual gifts are for everybody who knows and loves Jesus. Know and love Jesus. Spiritual gifts are for everybody who has received the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit dwells in you, He is going to do two things. He is going to develop the character of Christ in you. That's the fruit. He's also going to manifest the power of Christ through you. Those are the gifts. So this is the area we are dealing with. And uh, my topic last week was dispelling ignorance dispelling ignorance because Paul says I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts we want to have understanding we want to understand these gifts and understand how we should use them so uh, last week I did away with a lot of ignorance that often surrounds this topic today I'm gonna to go further and we're gonna describe these gifts and we're gonna say it's time to get no to get to know your spiritual toolkit so let's read 1 Corinthians 12 verses 1 through 11 now concerning spiritual gifts brethren I do not want you to be ignorant for you know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols however you were led therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit now let's pause there for a minute because this really is spiritual gifts for dummies isn't it? it really is he is taking this charismatic community these Corinthian believers right back to basics he's saying okay let's start at the very beginning if somebody says Jesus is cursed that's not the Holy Spirit speaking huh. well that's a good start isn't it and uh, then he says now if somebody blesses Jesus if somebody is drawing attention to Jesus if somebody is magnifying Jesus as Lord that is the Holy Spirit 
And I think that's the principal work of the Spirit in our lives to take our attention away from ourselves and onto Jesus to understand that He is Lord. Not just that He's our Savior, he, he, He's a friend and, and so on. He is those things, but He is Lord of all things. That means that anybody who says, well, I believe in Jesus, but He's not the Son of God. They do not know Jesus nor the Father who sent him. If somebody says, well, I believe Jesus is, is, you know, got some great prophetic ministry, but he is not Lord to be worshipped, then they are not speaking by the Holy Spirit. And I thought, do you know, this generation needs to hear this again. What makes us different is not because we are better than anybody else, which we're probably not. It's not because we are bigger, bolder, or more beautiful than anybody else, which we may not be, some of you may be, but we're not like that really. That's not what makes us different. What makes us different is the Spirit of God in us has revealed the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that He is the Son of God, that He is the Son of the Eternal God, that He is our Savior, that He is resurrected from the dead, that He is seated in a place of authority, and He is Lord and every knee shall bow to the name of Jesus Christ. He is to be praised and worshipped. Amen. Give him a praise in this house. Amen. So that tells us first of all that spiritual gifts must reveal more and more about Jesus, direct us to his heart, his mind, his will for the ultimate purpose that we may serve him better, know him more fully and surrender to his Lordship in our lives. Let's go on reading from verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge, through the same Spirit. To another, faith, by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings, by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So we're going to look at each of these nine gifts of the Spirit. And we call these gifts charismata. Charismata from the Greek word charis. Last week I showed you that that shares the same root as the word kara, which means joy, and the word charis, which means grace. So when we talk about charismata, which is the Greek word for the grace gifts of God, we know what kind of uh, a, a territory we are in. We're in the place of joy. We're in the place of, of release. We're in the pla pla place of grace. And one of the things about the gifts of the Spirit, above everything else, is to understand that they are gifts given not on the basis of reward or merit. They're not trophies or prizes for 
levels of spirituality that we have attained. In fact, one of the worst mistakes you can make is to think that a person who is highly charismatically endowed and moving in the gifts of the Spirit, that that person is therefore a mature Christian or a very spiritual person. We know that one of the problems in Corinth was their spiritual immaturity. Paul says, you are carnal. You are babies. You are so, so immature spiritually. And yet they were speaking in tongues. They were prophesying. They were exercising the gifts of the Spirit. And he has to correct them and say, don't just chase the gifts. Because you can, can manifest some of the best and most powerful gifts. But if your heart is not filled with love, if you're not surrendered to the love of God in your life, and if your character is not being shaped by the same Spirit who is manifesting gifts in your life, then really it is, it's not very valuable. And it's not very nice. But I say this again to help you because you don't have to think, well, you know, one day when I can preach like Colin die, then I can speak in tongues and then I can minister in the Spirit. No, 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 no. The gifts of the Spirit are open to everyone who says, God, use me. And that means God wants to manifest spiritual gifts through your life. And I want you to stir that up in you because if you have faith, and recognize that God wants to use you and you develop a spirit of openness and surrender to the Holy Spirit you will be surprised how he will use you you'll go into the shop and you'll, you'll open your mouth and you think you're going to order two loaves of bread but a prophecy will come out and you will say where did that come from and the Holy Spirit will say I'm here and God will use you. You'll be able to lay hands on the sick and see them recover as the Holy Spirit uses you. You may find at certain times a sudden surge of faith in your life that will give you some authority in the Spirit to remove mountains and obstacles out of your pathway and out of God's way to do the will of God. These are tools, not toys. They are tools, not toys. And uh, before we go any further, I think it's probably a good idea to come up with a kind of definition. And, and this definition that I'm going to uh, quote is one that I wrote. Here's one I prepared earlier. And uh, it may not be the best definition around. It may not be the most comprehensive. But it certainly does suit our purposes for today. A spiritual gift, a charismatic gift is a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit's ability given to a person on a particular occasion as a blessing to others. Read it again. A spiritual gift is a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit's ability given to a person on a particular occasion as a blessing to others. And because it's coming from God, it always draws our attention to the presence of God and the power of God and His willingness to bless others. Last week I explained that uh, you can call these spiritual gifts the showings of God, manifestation of the Spirit, the showing of the Spirit. Or to put it another way, God showing up. Wonderful. How many people want God to show up this morning? Yeah. How about when you go home? 
Do you want him to show up there? Yes. Do you want him to be waiting for you? They open the door and says, Boo! I'm here. Show up at work. And this is a wonderful way in which God will show himself. He will show up. He will manifest his presence and his power and his willingness to bless. Right now, I know I'm always saying this, but when I get involved in my subject, it seems to me the most important subject that, that exists. And right now, I can't think of anything more important that we should be zealous for, that we should desire, but that God should show up in our lives, manifest his presence, manifest his power, and demonstrate that he is willing to bless. Not just within the body of Christ. We need him here. The spiritual gifts as outlined in 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14 are descriptions of how God, generally speaking, wants to work when we come together. That we can bless one another. That we can encourage one another and minister to one another. But you know that's not the only context. Spiritual gifts are as important outside of church meetings as they are inside church meetings. Now of course the exercise of prophecy and discernment and all the things that need the checks and balances and so on and the regulations and how, how, how they should be followed is very much teaching for church services. That is his context. But outside of 1 Corinthians 12 we find that God shows up in the marketplace. He's, this is meeting place talk here. This is meeting place teaching. But the gifts are not just for the meeting place. In fact, you could even say that the meeting place is the learning place for the marketplace. Amen? Amen. David Pitchers said that many years ago in his book on spiritual gifts. So God wants you to be ready for him to use you. You might be in a restaurant. You might be in a McDonald's line. And you, the Holy Spirit will nudge you and say, you remember you said that you wanted me to use you whenever I wanted and you yielded your life to me and you say I remember that I'm not sure if I'm regretting it but I remember it well now's the time go and speak to that person because here is a spiritual gift that you want to impart to it now don't think that the way you see things modeled from the pulpit in a church service is how you do it out there I'm, I must tell you, up here, you know, I'm a little bit dramatic. I do so for many reasons. Number one, I enjoy it. Number two, it helps keep you, helps keep you awake. <laughs> oh, the dear lady's been on night duty. All right, helps keep you, <laughs> helps keep you awake. And uh, things are memorable and, you know, but out there, I, I believe you, I don't go up Tesco's and say, Oh, yay, verily saith of the Lord. That's what we're like on the platform. Ever since Benson the Hoda was here, they were all marching up and down. I, that's how I behave at home when Amanda's not looking. If I'm praying, I'm, Hello, hey, I'm, gonna hear you. I'm going strong like this. But you know, out there, we have to learn how to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. <laughs> Amen. You go to hospital, you don't have to say, Hold up, everybody, the head part of the eye closed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, choir, bring up the strings, brother, bring up the strings. 
You go to hospital and say, Hi, God bless you in the name of Jesus, get well. Amen. So, this is for in-house and out-of-house. Even the out-house, if you know what I'm talking about. Alright, so I'm going to talk about these, these gifts and all I'm going to do is give you an introduction. Um, and that's at least to break this ground open again. There are some people who may never have heard any teaching at all about spiritual gifts. And this may be your first. For others it's a refresher course. Or for others it's just a reminder to say, come on, stir up the gift that is in you. Now we can divide these nine gifts into different categories. And with your permission, I want to do that today. I talk about with your permission because the first thing I'm going to do is rearrange the order in which they appear. Now if I was giving you full-on biblical exposition, I probably would spend time saying this is why Paul mentions these first and so on and discuss it in its context. But for teaching purposes today, I want to group them together in a way that's memorable and also from experience and knowledge how these gifts often operate together and how it's important to see them under these categories. But I want to warn you in advance that when I make these categories you can do it lots of different ways and Bible teachers have different ways of doing it and that's not important. The most important thing is to understand these gifts and to use them. Is that not right? But these gifts are not watertight. Like for example it's possible that in, in a gifts of healing there may be a prophecy involved or a word of knowledge involved. Or in, in, uh, in uh, 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 healings, there may be a gift of faith involved, and so on. Okay? So remember all of those things. Now as we come to this, I want you to have in your mind the picture of a workman, a tradesman. We could have a plumber. We could have a carpenter. Or a bricklayer, or whatever like that. A workman, and that's you, work man and woman, okay? Uh, and you're walking around you're going to work with your toolkit. Now usually a tradesperson will have a toolkit that's full of all the tools they need. Now our toolkit is empty because we don't carry these gifts around with us. They are resident within us because the Spirit is in us. So this is good news. It means that God if you're open to him, God can use you to do anything that he chooses to do at any time. So it's not as if you say, well, what have you got? I have the gift of healing. Oh, you do have you. Well, go and heal that sick. Why not? No, it didn't work on this occasion. Or, I have the gift of faith. That means that you can believe anything, like the character from, from Alice in Wonderland who believed six impossible things for breakfast. I have the gift of faith, how do you know? Because before breakfast, I've believed six impossible things. Yeah, and that you become a, the seventh impossible thing is that you become a humble person by lunchtime. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not that these gifts should think, you think of them as being resident in you. The Spirit's resident in you. And if the Spirit's resident in you, then anything He can do, He can equip you to do. Amen. At any time when it's needed. The hallmark of the moving of the Holy Spirit is spontaneity. So in those two years when we had William Lee every night, you know there was a kind of, you could predict certain things. You could predict that William would preach and make an appeal. You could predict he'd be rude about his wife. But it was a joke. 
We thought he was being rude, but it was a joke. Some of the African ladies said, when you stop being rude about your wife, God will anoint you and use you. <laughs> it's, the, it's the gypsy sense of humor, you know. It's the traveling community's highly developed sense of humor. You can, you can be sure that at some time he'd be praying for the sick, but when it would happen and the order in which it would happen was anybody's guess. What are we going to do tonight? We don't know. Holy Spirit, what do you want? So when you surrender your life to Christ, your life becomes predictably unpredictable. Your life becomes naturally supernatural. Amen. Alright, so then, first of all, I want to speak of the category of revelation gifts. Then I want to talk about the category of power gifts. Then the category of prophetic or vocal gifts. Okay, let's begin with uh, revelation gifts. So, there are three. I begin with the word of knowledge. Remember reading, just reading about that a moment ago. The word of knowledge. This is supernatural knowledge. Nothing that you've learned in a book, but some fact, some knowledge that God has supernaturally dropped into your spirit. Suddenly, you know something. Something you know, something that you, you wouldn't have known ordinarily. And it's as if God takes a fragment of his all-knowingness and gives you a tiny portion of a fragment. Never despise even the tiniest little fragment of truth. Because you see, God does, doesn't do anything for no reason. And even the tiniest bit of fact that he gives to you it will achieve the purpose for which it is sent. Supernatural knowledge. You will know something about somebody that you wouldn't have ordinarily known. You will know something about a situation. God will reveal certain facts. Why? Now this is why I want us to study these gifts together. Usually it's because He wants you to do something about it. Usually it's because He wants you to pray about it. Usually it's because he wants you to seek him for the next step, which is a word of wisdom. And it's not that you have to come up with everything. That's why it's so important to develop these gifts in the company of others, such as in the cell meetings. Because in the cell meetings, there's more time for interaction and nobody's trying to be clever, so you can just say, listen, I'm getting this impression. Tell me, uh, 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 is there and you might suggest what you feel God is saying and what he's showing you and they say, yes, that's, that's true, that's true. What do you, what do we do about it? That's the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is how to apply the word of knowledge. So it's supernatural wisdom. Wisdom is applied knowledge. It's no good walking around with a bunch of facts and not knowing what to do with them. I mean, some people go through management course, number one. Management course, number two. Management course, number three, four and five. And they have a PhD in management and they couldn't manage a sausage. Because <laughs> it's all theory. It's all facts. Facts, facts, facts. You know. But God says, no, no, you need more than facts, you need to know how to apply them. It's know-how. Know-how. Not look-how, look but know-how. If my car breaks down, my male pride 
God forgive me but not just yet because I like it my male pride will get out of the car look as if I'm in control <laughs> open up the bonnet and go hmm <laughs> then I say oh my god what's going on and if somebody helps to start st st stands by comes on to help me I they'll say oh it must be the manifold plifold trifold difold oil sleek fold I said hmm that's exactly what I was thinking <laughs> the trouble is when they're bluffing and I'm bluffing you really have to wait for the AA <laughs> wisdom is know-how somebody who is wise in car mechanics can get in there they know what to do they know how to handle that situation now God wants to give us wisdom for life now of course we get wisdom for life from the scriptures from experience and how God teaches us over a period of time but sometimes we need a word of wisdom right there on the spot supernatural do you know what we need to do this is what we need to do how do you know that I don't know but I just know God is coming through with an answer right there and then now listen students don't think that this is an excuse not to study for your exams so you say oh God I'm gonna to go to every prayer meeting I'm not gonna study at all because when the exam comes if I'm gonna have a word I'm gonna be prophetic I'm gonna predict every question I'm gonna have a word of knowledge of every answer and when they accuse me of cheating I'll have a word of wisdom God <laughs> word of knowledge word of wisdom it's revelation now discerning of spirits is in this category that I'm drawing today discerning of spirits that's the supernatural insight from the spirit which shows you reveals to you whether an action or even a person behaving in a certain way whether they are being motivated either by the Holy Spirit their human spirit or a demonic spirit now I've mentioned three spirits let me just take the Holy Spirit and make sure you put him in a totally unique category the Holy Spirit does not belong to the spirit realm the Holy Spirit created everything okay but still God not only is there the Holy Spirit but God created other spiritual beings the angels are spiritual beings the angels that fell along with Lucifer who became Satan the adversary who are now fallen angels evil spirits God created them originally good but they rebelled under the leadership and example of the, the angel who became Satan the adversary so they exist in the world uh, and, and the human being is a spiritual being we're not just body people that's one of the thing reasons why our society has gone so wrong they think we're just body people we're okay we talk about the mind the mind is nothing but neurological functioning of your brain and central nervous system and so on but there is more to human life than mind and body and brain we have a spiritual nature
we are spirit, soul and body. Not just body people or body soul people, but spirit, soul and body. So therefore, the human spirit that is coming from us, even in a way that's quite deep within our personality, we, what we are saying and doing can be, can be coming out of our human spirit. So you can have the same manifestation, and it could be, or apparently the same manifestation, it looks the same, it could either be the Holy Spirit, the human spirit, or a demonic spirit. You say, is that possible? Yes! Why else would we need the gift of discerning of spirits? Let's take an example. Suppose in a meeting, somebody stands up, lets out quite an emotional cry, and falls to the ground. That could be the human spirit. It could be somebody who's hurting so much inside, and, or just had a release, and their human spirit so excited, and of course the human spirit is attached to the body, usually unless you're dead, so you know it's going to affect you physically. So what's motivating that person is the human spirit. Maybe because they are just happy or excited or touched by God or whatever. But the same thing could be a demonic spirit. Somebody uh, stands up and shouts and falls to the ground, that could be a demon. It could be, if you look externally, it could be, you, you, you don't know yet, but it could be because sometimes that happens. Or it could be somebody standing up and falling down, it could be the Holy Spirit. Now some people think that because demons can put you on the ground, any, anything that puts you on the ground must be a demon. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And uh, I was in a place, when I was in a very religious place, and, and some religious uh, pastors were coming to check me out, and they said, we don't believe you are from God. And I said, why is that? He said, because when you pray for people, people fall down and they had this, Jesus came to lift us up, not that we should fall down, so there. So I said, oh really? Great, fine, have a just going to the next session. So I had them sit right on the front row, and I came right to the very edge, and over there in Brazil, you know, they put you six feet above the congregation, I don't know why, but, so I was really leaning over the top, and I said, you know, imagine, would you like to come forward, please? Imagine if I climbed up on top of this pulpit and just fell on you. What would happen? He said, you might knock us over. So I said, I might, you know. Just remember, God is bigger than me. And if he falls on you, it's not a miracle that you might fall under the weight of that experience. So this idea, yeah, well, you know, of course, I know, I know all about the, the courtesy drop. I know all about, oh, okay, thank you. Did, did you feel the touch of God? No, but why did you go down? Oh, I was just being courteous. Forget it. I went here and we're having our meetings, we're praying for people and so many people were falling down, not that it proves anything, do you understand that? So many people were falling down and new people were coming to the church service and they came onto the platform and thought, well, oh, this is where everybody goes horizontal here. So even before they were prayed for, they just lay down on the ground. So the danger is that we overemphasize external things and think that it means something. But you know, sometimes that would be the human spirit doing it. Nothing wrong with that, but they just thought that's what was expected of them. So it can be a demonic spirit, it can be the human spirit, 
or it can be the Holy Spirit and, and sometimes you need to discern don't forget that the enemy is a counterfeiter some say oh don't get involved in spiritual gifts you'll end up pagan you'll end up in the occult why because the devil does that what a tragedy that the most evidence that people have supernaturally is what the devil does the devil has never done anything original in his life somebody came to you and said you know pagans speak in tongues too they speak in tongues I said so well how can you say it's of God if they do it the devil's done nothing original and he likes to copy and counterfeit so that's why you need the gift of discerning of spirits but it's not just about discerning what's wrong if to say what are, what are you doing I'm giving a discerning sniff of the congregation what are you smelling for Chanel no I'm sniffing out the devil no 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 sometimes and I find more often the gift of discerning of spirits is so that you can discern what God is doing amen, amen. and follow God and the leading of the Holy Spirit okay now they go on to power gifts and uh, here's where the distinction starts to break down because every manifestation of the Spirit is a manifestation of power and just because we talk about power gifts it doesn't mean to say there's no revelation with them every miracle is a revelation just like every parable is a miracle of God's love so every miracle is a parable of God's love God speaks and reveals through signs and wonders so don't take my headings and make them too kind of uh, you know dogmatic be too dogmatic about it but just for the sake of teaching today we'll consider a series of gifts under the heading power gifts gifts of healings this is God using you to bring healing to somebody else and very often this gift uh, coincides with a keen sense of what God is doing on this occasion tonight in the meeting with uh, with uh, William Lee I don't know how it's going to work out I don't know what's going to happen specifically but at a certain point he will be saying God what do you want me to do who do you want me to pray for how do you want me to minister and in this there will be a release of the flow of the Holy Spirit and it's not just one gift for one person or just a one gift for a few people there are many gifts and many healings some Bible scholars have analyzed from this the idea that there are different anointings for different different healings and that's interesting thought it's it may be helpful certainly we should expect God to do things in a very different way a friend of mine who was powerfully used by God in healing ministries and uh, he was uh, invited to speak on this and they say one thing we want to know how does God heal the sick so he spent about 45 minutes saying you know not to offend you but really you can't answer that question because God does it his way and there's not one way I mean do you have to stand in front of somebody say a certain kind of prayer put your hands on them or near them do you have to say something specific how does it work 
And anyway, he spends all his time and after that he said, right, let's pray. And he went round the room and every single person that needed a healing touch, he ministered to. But no two people were ministered to in exactly the same way. Sometimes, I've seen this myself, this is wonderful when it happens. A lady came, I was in Portugal, and a lady came forward for prayer, and as she came forward, I could see God healing her. I was discerning what God was doing. You see, discerning of spirits is wonderful. Oh, God's healing. I don't know what was wrong with her, but God's healing. I could see it. She came forward, she says, I, 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 I've come for prayer. I said, you don't need it. No, I've come for prayer. Well, what, what's your problem? I can't hear from this ear. I said, is that the case? And I said, listen, you were healed on the way here, but they have in their mind man of God must pray for me otherwise I go home sick alright well, it's better than man of God must pray for me and if he does I go home sick and so that was that was some good faith so I said okay put your finger in this ear I put better put a finger in a good ear and I said now tell me which ear was the problem this one you can't hear from this ear no I can't hear from this ear <laughs> you can't hear at all not anything completely deaf in this ear which ear am I speaking to you now? Oh, I can hear! It's wonderful. God did it. Sometimes you have to pray in a certain way, but it's as the Holy Spirit leads you. So, Holy Spirit's so wonderful. He's so creative. Why are we boring? I think it's because if we think we could find a formula, then we could control Him and look good. Well, don't worry about that. He doesn't want us to look good, he wants people to be blessed. And if you, if, you, if you look good, then be careful, because it can go to your head. But in the meantime, enjoy God. Gifts of healings. Faith. Now I describe faith as supernatural confidence in God. Um, <clears throat> this isn't just faith in order to get saved. This is a manifestation of faith, a specific manifestation of faith for a certain thing. Uh, a supernatural surge of confidence and it can happen to you uh, at any point where there is a need for supernatural faith you'll be in an impossible situation and God will give you supernatural faith to speak to that mountain and cause it to be cast into the sea or face anything that's impossible nine o'clock service it occurred to me that there were several people in the audience whom I know well who exercise this gift it's not because they stand up and pronounce things from the platform, but their lifestyle. A man who is involved in football, one of the BBC commentators, it's a regular worship at nine o'clock. And I know what he stands for, and I know that what he's doing is impossible. He can't do it in his own strength. His whole of his life is a manifestation of a gift of faith, whereby he pushes back the powers of darkness. Another man's involved in lobbying parliament and politics. And I know what he stands for. It's impossible to achieve what he achieved without God. The faith is believing God's power so that you are enabled to do the impossible. We all could take some of that today. Amen? But sometimes it's a short-lived surge of confidence for a specific purpose at a specific point in time. But when you look to God and this surge of power and authority comes out, sometimes you, it, it comes out without you even realizing it. 
So you're walking and you're praying for people and you say, in the name of Jesus, and they look at you and your words have authority. And you, and you have no idea. It's not because you shouted like I just did then. That, you know, the more, more anointed, the more, the more anointed I am, the more I can shout. And the more I can shout, the more you know that God is moving in this place today. Hallelujah! Well, I'm glad you didn't follow that. Because that was 100% an act. See? So it's not that. Do you understand? Charismatic Christians, Pentecostals, don't believe anybody just because they shout the loudest, they're the most anointed. Hello? Thank you, African friends. <laughs> I said that for you. But, but words even softly spoken, if they carry authority, because faith is behind those words, can change a situation. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. In fact, possibly, the more authority you have, the less you have to shout. Is that all right? Parents, that's for us at home with kids. All right. <laughs> Who said, oh dear? <laughs> Don't worry, I've been there. All right. So, faith. Also, with this is the working of miracles. I'm very nearly through, so don't worry about the clock. We all know the devil's a liar anyway. And I have a rebellious assistant who always winds the clock faster than it should do. Never can quite find out which department they work in. Anyway, the working of miracles. Now, when it talks about miracles, you can say that all these things are supernatural, but if it's talking about a miracle in the context of miracles, it must be a deluxe miracle. It must be something super supernatural. It must be something extra extraordinary. And uh, sometimes healings appear to be natural, gradual healing processes speeded up. Sometimes there's a creative miracle, sometimes it's not exactly creative. The body seems to have worked well under these circumstances. A great answer to prayer. Praise God, it's a healing. You don't have to be able to have an x-ray certificate to prove that this was a miracle before you can say, God has answered my prayer. Somebody gets prayed for. 50% of people with this problem, it disappears automatically. 50% it's there for life. Somebody's in the 50% where it's gone straight away. They're going to thank God. They can't prove that was a miracle. Who cares? It's an answer to prayer. They're in the 50% where they got better. Praise God. Better than being in the other 50%. Nespamezami. Amen. But sometimes there is no possible way out other than a direct miracle from God. But only the hardest of hearts would reject as being a miracle. That's a miracle. God working and but you see this isn't just God working the gift is the working of miracles because it's very easy God you can do anything anything you want to whenever you want to do it without knocking on my door of course he can but that's not this this is God knocking on your door saying go and raise up that dead person go and pray down a hundred thousand pounds for the budget that is needed and the deadline is coming amen and amen this is God working through you or better put 
actually you working with God. The supernatural element is His, but you are working with God. Just like when you used to help your mama cook some dinner when you didn't even know how to peel a potato. I'm not talking about you, sir, 25 years of age. I'm talking about the people when you were younger. Or just when you think you're helping your dad fix the truck. You know nothing about trucks and all you're doing is holding on to a bolt. Son, you've got to hold on to that bolt because when the time comes, I'm going to need you to give it to me. Mommy, we fixed the truck. Did you? You handed the bolt to your dad. <laughs> However it looks like, we are involved. Whether it is handing the bolt to dad or whether God giving us a, a far greater role to play in the manifestation. We are involved with God, working of miracles. Finally, very briefly, the prophetic gifts, the vocal gifts, prophecy, different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Now these are vocal gifts in as much as it's their gifts of enhanced speech. Supernatural speech, gift of prophecy, speaking God's message, God's word being given to you to speak. Now we know that God's word is scripture, uh, the prophecy, the greatest prophecy, the infallible prophecies of scripture. I'm not talking about those, I'm talking about God giving you something to say which will edify, comfort and encourage somebody. And those words which carry anointing can be a big blessing. Sometimes prophetic utterances are mixed with other gifts such as a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. Sometimes prophetic ministry uh, and prophetic gifts are mixed with the ability to speak out concerning things not yet happening, which is as much a manifestation of faith as it is of prophecy. But the basic congregational gift is the gift of encouraging one another by words that God specially gives you from his heart to be passed on to others. And I would say amen to that, wouldn't you? Different kinds of tongues. The gift of tongues is very often the most commonly practiced and talked about. It's the ability to speak to God in a language you've never learned. It doesn't have to be semantically a language that can be recognized by a professor of linguistics. But it certainly is a language that comes from the heart. And it is God's way of giving you a language with which to communicate to him spiritual language and primarily this language is given so that we might speak to God and address God and talk to God but it can also be with interpretation a language that God can use to speak to us so that it's a word from God. The Bible says if you speak in tongues, you speak mysteries in the Spirit. The word mystery is the word revelation. And if you're speaking revelation to God and the mystery is in a language that nobody understands and God gives the interpretation, then it will have revelatory content and revelatory impact on the people who are hearing it gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues. Well there is a very very quick introduction to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want you to go away from this place today excited and enlivened and saying God you can use me. In your cell groups they will be helping you move in these gifts and uh, maybe sometime soon myself or one of the other members of staff will give a longer more detailed exposition of the gifts of the Spirit so you can get involved with what God wants to use you for in your life. 
katika jina la Yesu that was in tongues that was Kiswahili in the name of Jesus amen father send us out in the power of your holy spirit to be fruitful and prosper in Jesus name